0: Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria, England. Good morning, everybody. This is Just Life. And today we have a special with the charity-packed Prison Advice Care Trust. And we are joined by CEO Andy Keem Downs and Teresa Alexandra, Catholic Engagement Manager. Good morning, both of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Andy's joining us from London and Teresa from Leicester. And they're here this morning to tell you about PACT, the charity and what they do and in particular um, in the run-up to Prisoner Sunday which is coming up very soon in early October. So over to you both.
1: Well thank you very much indeed for having us on the programme. My name is Andy Keen Downs, I'm the Chief Executive of PACT um, and We are the Catholic charity working across England in prisons and in courts and in communities to fulfil the mission of the church um, as set out in St Matthew's Gospel. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus speaks to his followers and he reprimands them. He says to them, ''Where were you when I was hungry and naked and cold?'' I'm sure listeners will be very familiar with that Gospel reading. And One of the things he says to his followers is, ''Where were you when I was in prison?'' And his followers say, Where, what, ''What do you mean, Lord? When were you in prison? When were you hungry and cold and, uh, and sick and naked and alone?'' And he says, um, he talks to them about the least of these. He says, whenever you do these things for the least of our brothers and sisters, for the least of these, you do these things for me. And back in 1898, a uh, prison chaplain, um, an Irish prison chaplain in, in South London, took that message to heart and uh, decided, along with a number of other Catholic uh People um including lawyers and uh, a member of the Lords, decided to create a thing called the Catholic Prisoners' Aid Society um which today is called simply Pact the Prison Advice and Care Trust. So what do we do? Well, the first thing that we uh are uh, the thing that we're known for best is the work we do to support uh, men and women in prison to maintain contact with their loved ones, with their families. So across England, across the prisons of England, in about six out of 10 of the of the 100 or so prisons in England, you will find outside the gate of the prison, a packed centre, a centre for visitors, for family members and friends, where uh, they can come uh, before they go into the prison on a visit. And in those centres, we have volunteers and staff who are there to uh, support those families and visitors without judgment, to provide them with hospitality and kindness um, and explain to them what can and can't happen on a visit and how how visiting works. Because um, I imagine for, for most of uh, our listeners, the idea of visiting a prison is quite a quite a scary one. Um, and it is for family members if they have a loved one taken into prison. And of course, many of those family members have also been through the uh, distress of a family member committing a crime uh, or sometimes being arrested for a crime they didn't commit um, and going through um, a trial and the whole process of, of uh, the criminal justice system. Prisoners' families often describe that experience as serving a kind of sentence of their own. Um, The phrase hidden sentence is often used to describe it. Um, And families are often the kind of collateral damage of the justice system. So we care for the families of prisoners and we care for prisoners in prison as well to support their, their family connections because we know that if we keep families together during a prison sentence, the people who come out of prison are about 40% less likely to commit crime. 40% is a huge statistic. Um, and so the work we do is about that gospel calling. Um, but it's also about uh, supporting effective rehabilitation and resettlement. It's about reducing reoffending by people who've uh, been in prison um and it's by uh, it's about making our our streets and our societies safer for everybody it's about the common good so that's the thing that we're probably best known for there are other things that we do as well but this feels like a very good time to introduce um a young woman um she's asked to be anonymous um but she's recorded a piece for us um about her experience and her involvement with PACT. So if we could play that piece now for our listeners.
0: Thank you so much, Andy. That's a, a wonderful introduction. And here it is. Let's have a listen.
2: In the past year, my life has changed profoundly. My family has gone from a peripheral understanding of the British prison system to frequent prison visits. All my life and long before I was born, my mother and father donated to PACT as part of their charitable giving. Consequently, I have been more aware of the realities of prison than most, and have always advocated for a more compassionate prison system, rooted in forgiveness above punishment and profit. Then, around a year and a half ago, my dad got a phone call from the police station from my brother, saying that he had just been arrested and needed somewhere to stay. He stayed with us for nine months until his court hearing, where he was sentenced to time in prison. He is the first person in my wider family who has been to prison, and this is his first offence. I'm from a very privileged family, and to say this whole situation was a shock to us would be an understatement. If you believe there's no way this could happen to you or your family, think again. We thought that too. Without direct experience of the criminal justice system and the prison system, it is difficult to understand just how difficult and dehumanising it is. Instead of a focus on rehabilitation, the system actively works against you at every turn, making it as difficult as possible for families and prisoners alike. Statistics about just how ineffective, underfunded and cruel the British system can be are readily available from a number of sources. But I thought I would use this opportunity I have to give you some examples of how my family has experienced it, to give you an insight into what it's like on the inside, but also what it's like to have a loved one on the inside. Our first experience of the callousness of the police was while my brother was at home awaiting information about his case. He received a letter from the police with information about his court date. This information was written on a letter the police used to tell people that the charges against them had been dropped, with the part about the charges being dropped sloppily crossed out with one line and the court date given below. After sentencing, upon arriving in prison for the first time, prisoners are allowed one phone call within the first 24 hours to let people know which prison they've been sent to, and that they're okay. When my brother was sentenced, my family waited by the phone all day, and for around a week after that until we heard from him, who worried sick. The mind goes to some terrible places when you haven't heard from a loved one traveling to prison. As he explained to us, the prison had gotten rid of the phone call upon arrival, because the right had been abused by people in the past, whatever that means. Once inside, my brother struggled to adjust to the way the prison works. In order for anything to happen, from legal visits to in-prison job allocations, an application, or app, has to be made. Fortunately, my brother can read and write, and was able to make these apps. If two apps are made on one sheet of paper, only the first one will get a response. My brother, who remains uniquely optimistic about his position, ended up submitting many apps, trying to understand more about the way the prison worked, what he could do, when he could change jobs, and how he could contact his lawyer. Often these apps would come back just saying that they'd been rejected, with no explanation as to why. Occasionally, my brother would submit the same app and get a different response to the exact same question, and he concluded that he was at the mercy of whoever whoever was responding to apps that day. Recently, my brother called us audibly upset, because he'd just been screamed at by a prison officer who'd taken issue with the number and frequency of the apps he'd made, and told him that if he continued to make them, it would go against his record. This prison officer was angry because it meant more work for him, and my brother was making the apps because it's the only way he can exert any control over what happens to him. Even this tiny amount of control was essentially squashed by a lazy prison officer, who chose to shout at a prisoner attempting to improve their situation instead of doing his job and processing the apps. One final example of how the prison system dehumanises its prisoners also occurred recently. Prisoners are legally entitled to legal counsel and meetings with their lawyers while in prison, and my brother has been awaiting a legal meeting for months. One day, after many apps and no warning whatsoever, a call with his lawyers was arranged. That day, my brother arrived back in his cell after a day at his prison job, and after half an hour, a note was slid under his door informing him of the call three hours after it was scheduled to have occurred. These are far from the only examples, or even the worst examples, of what can happen on the way to, and in, prison, but they were the best ones I could give whilst retaining anonymity. There are so many horror stories about the British prison system that I have experienced and heard about from my brother. My brother is guilty of what he was charged with, he confessed, and he has a wider family who still love and support him, without whom, he says, he could not have survived. This is rare. Many prisoners my brother tells me about have no contact with their family or friends following their offence. They are hopeless about their situation, and their self-esteem has been trampled by a system that cares more about punishing them than rehabilitating them. They inhabit a place in which the system and rules that govern it are too often devoid of love, and where love is needed the most. When I told my brother I would be doing this talk, he asked who'd asked me to do it. I told him it was packed, and his response was very positive. When visiting my brother, my family's gone and come into contact with PACT's visitor centres and family support, which has been warm and utterly invaluable. My brother says that PACT is known in the prison as a beacon of hope and a source of love and support that so many inside desperately need.
1: So that young woman speaking from the heart, from her own experience of her uh, her family, and, her, and and she says very clearly, doesn't she, if you think this can't happen to you, think again, because we see in prisons people from all walks of life. And what we sadly also see is um, terrible rates of self-harming and, and sometimes suicide. And on release from prison, we see very high rates of reoffending, and also homelessness. People leaving prison, you, you probably heard the stories of people leaving prison, being given a tent because there's nowhere for them to go. So, the care and support of PACT and, and our chaplains and all of the other organisations we work with is so, so very vital. We're going to go to a, a music break now, and afterwards uh, you'll hear from my, my colleague, Teresa.
0: Thank you so much. Life. And we've been hearing from Andy Keen Downs, the CEO of PACT Prison Advice and Care Trust. And now we're going to hear from Teresa Alessandro. She is the Catholic Community Engagement Manager and she is speaking to us from Leicester. Hello, Teresa.
3: Hello. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. so I'm I'm just going to talk a little bit about Prisoner's Sunday, which I've spoken about before on Radio Maria actually, but it's coming up now, it's on the 9th of October. And so um our our president at PACT is Cardinal Nichols and, and I'm I'm echoing his support and encouragement really to all parishes to to mark Prisoner's Sunday. This is the one time of the year that we really in particular ask parishes and groups to think about prisoners and their families and the kind of situations we've been talking about this morning that that um, and I choose my words carefully because it's as we've heard this morning, this is this is a situation that can happen to anyone. And it's not it's not that prisoners and people who have someone in prison are other in some way, but they're part of our communities um, alongside all of us and and people listening may well be in situations where they have someone in prison or maybe have been in prison or, or or know of these situations. And so we ask parishes to on, particularly on prisoner Sunday, just bring those situations to our Lord in prayer and and reflect together on the struggles of people in these situations and the hardships and uh, as Andy mentioned, the hidden sentence that can be being served by people among us in in our parishes that we might not even know what they're going through um, and so Uh, PACT supports Prisoner Sunday by we send out a a paper pack which arrived in all parishes last week. So uh, that should be in the presbytery now. Uh, the, The Prisoner Sunday pack has reflections and prayers and also some gift aid envelopes. I mean, we do ask at this time of year if people are in a position to support the work that we do at PACT you know it's really wonderful if people are able to do that and so we ask if people are able to have a second collection that they do it can be on prisoner sunday the 9th of october or another time Um, And then uh, one of the things I was speaking about on Radio Maria before that I've got a bit more information about now, uh, my my Faith in Action colleague Marie and I put together some event ideas for this year for Prisoner Sundays, different ways people can get involved in raising awareness about what life is like for prisoners and their families. So we had two simple event ideas and now we've carried out some of these events. And so I can tell you a bit about it. I did a film night, a packed film night in my parish. And I'd encourage other people to think about doing the same. So at PACT, we have short films uh, where people speak about their experiences of being in prison or of having a family member in prison. And they very generously share their experience with us because, you know, these situations can be very difficult, as, as we heard earlier from I'm with that young woman, uh, we have some film clips with people speaking about their experiences. So I gathered together a group in my parish, about 16 people came, including the parish priest, and um, I showed a couple of those packed short films with people talking about their experiences. And some of those experiences are quite uplifting, you know, when you hear about people whose faith has supported them through their experience in prison or who have found faith in prison, and it's really helped them, you know, it's very inspiring for Christian people to hear those experiences. But there's also more of a hard hitting edge there, you know, uh, those experiences can be very challenging nevertheless, and we have a short film called Keep Him Safe, where Uh, Two women are speaking about the experience of having a family member in prison who had a mental health condition, as, uh, as Andy was kind of speaking about earlier. You know, that is a very difficult situation for the person in prison and also for the family who could be so worried about what is happening. So um, having shown those films, then we sat together in this group at our parish film night and we, we talked about, you know, what people thought. And um, we had a cup of tea and I made a cake. And um, I, I I could really see how those experiences just resonate with people. You know, we can all hear echoes of our own family struggles and um You know, uh, we all uh, either have mental health issues ourselves or know people in those situations. And we can we can hear the kind of difficulties people have had. And it speaks to us at a deep level, I think. So um, I'd encourage other people to think about having a packed film night. It's a really good way to just share with people what life is like for prisoners and their families and and bring them uh, bring them into the centre rather than being feeling excluded on the margins as ever. And the other uh, event that um, we've put together is a pilgrimage and my colleague Marie organised a pilgrimage from her parish to um, a local prison. So in Marie's case, uh, the group met at Carshalton uh, Beaches and walked to Downview Prison together. And there was a group of about 20 people. They walked together and Marie enterprisingly brought Pax William the Bear with her on the journey. And um, a couple of parish priests came, people from a number of parishes came, and they walked together on this pilgrimage. They made this pilgrimage together to Downview Prison. And they stood at the prison gates together and um, brought everyone inside to the Lord in prayer and brought the support of the parish and, and the uh, care of the parish to that prison community in prayer. And then they went into the packed visitor centre, such as Andy mentioned, with the we visitor centre there at Downview and had some hospitality there and uh, Marie showed some more packed films so that people could hear from prisoners and their families speaking directly themselves through those films. So again, um, it's a way of just bringing the love and support of the parish communities these situations and to people in these situations. And I was really struck when listening to the young woman speaking earlier, she said this situation of of people involved in the criminal justice system is one where love is needed the most. So um, I know that there are a couple of other groups interested in having a parish prison pilgrimage already and in a film night, and I'd encourage you to get in touch with us at PACT if you'd like some support around that, Marie, and I'd be delighted to help you. So Prisoner Sunday is coming up on the 9th of October. And I'd also like to share that, um, you know, those of us at PACT are really um, thinking about prisoners and their families. You know, it's what we do. But many, many people in the church are concerned about this area too. And we have four bishops this year who are leading a mass in their cathedral on Prisoner Sunday. And that's in Southwark and in Wrexham, in Arundel and Brighton and in Nottingham. The bishops in those places are sharing their love and concern for prisoners and their families through uh, celebrating mass on prisoner sunday and i hope anyone listening who is involved in these situations just feels that um love and concern from catholic communities and, and from our bishops right down to to everybody sitting in the pews that you know we do care about people in these situations and we are trying to help um i wonder if this might be a good place to have a little more music Thank you so much, Teresa. Uh,
0: So interesting. I'm going to open the phone lines in case anyone does have a comment or a question at this stage. We do love to hear from you listeners. And I'm sure Andy and Teresa would be so uh, pleased to answer any questions you may have. The number is 0123 375564 five, six, four, to Just Life and we're joined by Andy Keendown, CEO of PACT and Teresa Alessandro and we have our president and founder of Radio Maria here in the studio and he's got a question for Andy and Teresa.
2: Hi, hi Andy and Teresa. Um, so one of the missions of Radio Maria is to, is to get Radio Maria to prisoners um, for them to listen. Um, but the opposite of there's a huge problem about how they listen because of the radios, or so. I was wondering, do you have any suggestions about how we can get the word to them?
1: Well, yes. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a great question. So, prison cells um, do have um, most prison cells have a radio service. It comes through the National Prison Radio association and some prisons have their own little uh, local radio station. So Radio Wandsworth has Radio Wano for example. So there's there's a few of these around and they offer great opportunities to prisoners to learn new uh, skills. So um, I could certainly off-air put you in touch uh, with them Um, and there's also a prisoner's newspaper called Inside Times which goes into every prison cell Um, in the country Um, and they're always interested in uh, material written material Um, so there's a couple of possibilities uh, there that I could introduce you to. Okay I I think we need to follow that up.
0: Definitely thank you and Andy you, you wanted to tell the listeners a bit more
1: yes well I mean as, as Teresa quite rightly pointed out these kinds of issues don't affect everybody so there are whenever I go and do a parish talk it's usually what happens is at the end of the talk somebody will come to me from the from the from the parish and will say that happened to me that happened to my dad or my son is in a young offenders institute or you know something like that and often they won't have told everybody in their parish. Um, People carry a lot of shame and embarrassment and guilt around. And so it's really important that people don't feel alone. Uh, It it affects so many people. We run the National Prisoners Families Helpline Service, which is open seven days a week. If I could give the number, um, I'm hoping people are getting their pens and pencils out. Um, It's 0808 808 2003, which was the year it was set up. 0808 808, 2003. So that's a free confidential service run by PACT um, for anyone who has a loved one um, in prison or even on probation or in court. Uh, we will, will, will support anybody in those circumstances and that's run by PACT staff and, and volunteers.
0: Fantastic. I did manage to scribble that down. So if anyone missed it, do also contact us on info at radiomariaengland.uk or give the office a call and we'll be able to give that out, that free um, advice line um, run by Pact. And let's play a bit more music in case anyone else does have a question for Andy and Teresa this morning. Just a reminder of the studio number. It's 01. Two two three three seven five five six four oh one, two two three three seven five five six four. Helena, you're through to Andy and Teresa. Hello, Andy. Hello, Teresa.
1: Hi. Hi, Helena.
0: I have a youth group uh, at my parish, and I am always looking for ways for them to get involved. In, we've been involved with the St. Vincent's de Paul Society. We've been involved with CAFOD. But I, I feel like the Holy Spirit keeps bringing pacts into my life and that I need... To bring them into our youth group's uh, life, is there a way, as a group uh, of youth, that we can do a, a project or have a speaker come in from you guys to talk to our our guys?
1: Well, I, I, I'll uh, thank you so much for your question, and and the answer is obviously going to be yes, of course. Um, so um, I, I, I probably need to make sure you're not on in the Outer Hebrides um, before I answer that, but um, we'd love to come and come and speak to to the group. Um, And there are some very specific things that younger people can get involved with. Um, Obviously, volunteering, the volunteering work that we do in the prisons and in our visitor centres are for people over, over the age of 18, because we need to be, you know, careful about that. But every Christmas, for example, we have a big campaign for prisoners' children um, to support them to have the best possible Christmas uh, they can. Um, and that's run by my colleague Teresa, who's also on the line, and it's called Operation Elf. So that's just one possibility. But Teresa, you might have more ideas.
3: Yes, thank you, Helena. This is a really interesting question. I think Operation mm-hmm. Elf is a definite um, way forward that we can talk about off-air. Um, my colleague Marie um, has a, uh, runs a workshop called Just People, that we offered people to give them an opportunity to spend time reflecting on Catholic social teaching through the lens of imprisonment, and I wonder if something like that might work well with a youth group, um, perhaps a little, but as a way of just um, giving the group if that 's something they're, they're, that works for what you 're doing generally with the group to, to have some time to reflect together and think about these situations and I think young people you know are uh, razor sharp at recognizing what justice looks like and what love and concern looks like for people in our communities. And so, you know, I think that could be a very rich, um reflection to do together um so yes i think there's plenty of opportunities of course and we often also when those young people are at university things we often have students on placement doing volunteering as andy mentioned um building experience for their working life in the future um and and also just to put a word in for young people who are thinking about their future we also have um a long history of people who began as volunteers with us going on to become members of staff working with us you know so um We have lots to offer your youth group, I think is what I would say. Oh, thank you both so
0: much. We're going to have a busy year with our youth group. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Helena, for your call. Um, Teresa, you mentioned that Pact Sunday is coming up uh, on the the 9th of October. Is that, uh, what will we find in parishes? Is it an obligation that every parish um, mentions it?
3: Uh, what, What happens and what's the process? so yes prisoner sunday is always on the second sunday of october which this year falls on the ninth and uh parishes generally are invited and encouraged to mark prisoner sunday rather than it being an obligation and we recognize that you know there are many calls on parishes um for all sorts of good causes and so sometimes the parish may choose to mark prisoner sunday at another time and that's fine um but we just we just do all we can to invite and encourage uh marking prisoner sunday so what we'd like to see is that um know some of the resources we've sent out to the parish are used on prisoner sunday that the the day is marked that there are bidding prayers that there is some reflection on um prisoners and their families uh, as part of that mass that's what we uh, would like to see in all parishes Um, and then uh, if if parishes are able to support us with a second collection obviously we would love that uh, or people might wish to make their own donation Um, And uh, if parishes want to take it a bit further and think about organising an event, such as I was talking about, you know, the group could do that too, and we're ready to support. So we're here in the Faith in Action team to support whatever a parish is able to do. But for us, best case is is for the parishes, uh, people who are going to Mass on the 9th of October, just to have the opportunity to reflect on prisoners and their families and bring them to the Lord in prayer on that day please contact marie and i regarding prisoner sunday or any other way we can support you Uh, you can reach us on parish.action at prisonadvice.org.uk parish.action at prisonadvice.org.uk and we'd be delighted to hear from you and we've got an office number you could ring 020 7735 9535 020 7735 9535 Uh, Marie and I stand ready to help anybody who'd like to get more involved in the work that we do at PACT and in supporting prisoners and their families.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such um, an important work you're doing. In uh, the book of Isaiah, we read that uh, one should set the captive free from prison and give light to those in the darkness of the dungeon, and that's certainly what you're doing through your valuable work at PACT, even if it's just giving hope to those who are who are still behind bars. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. And Teresa has been coming on Radio Maria to give a monthly update, and she hasn't given one, I think, since July. So perhaps after PACT Sunday, Teresa, you'll be back on Mornings with Radio mm-hmm. Maria to, to give us an update and to let, let l- the listeners know uh, what's happening next.
3: Absolutely. absolutely. We we
0: very much look forward to that. So thank you once again, Andy and Teresa for joining us this morning. And uh, I hope that Pact Sunday goes very well. And we look forward to hearing from you before too long. Thank
3: you very much. Thank you.
1: Thanks Thanks for for having us.